0: Destroy going I thought I was gonna burp, but I thought it could have been vomit.
1: You don't know till you let it out. You've just gotta give it a shot and see what happens.
0: It's, it's, it, was, it was nothing.
1: Nothing. That's, are you disappointed or are you happy?
0: Well, Seinfeld was nothing. About nothing. Uh-huh. It's the most famous sitcom of all time.
1: So this could be the most famous burp of all time. Exactly. Cool. And I was here to witness it, or not witness it, since it was nothing.
0: Well, it was a failure, so you witnessed my failure.
1: I feel like that's a matter of perspective, you know?
0: Well, you say that, but I feel like I know what failure is. (laughs) I've lived it my whole life.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't they say that's the key to creative success, is if you just take enough risks that you fail astronomically and then one day the failure is considered genius? Is what i tell myself i don't know if anyone actually says that <laughs>
0: Thought that happened to me earlier this year when i got award nominated Have i failed so much they now think it's genius huh i think it's a prank
1: that was the um was that the gibbo it was the gibbo yeah i don't know i like the gibbo they seem to go for People who are taking risks, I mean, I say that because we also were Golden Giro nominated in 2013, which is a very long time ago now.
0: And you walked in here, guns are blazing in this studio and said, hey, you think you're the only award nominee here? Fuck I, you, Ross.
1: I did do that and I apologise. <laughs> that was very rude and it prevented you from having a proper burp. As I was as just involved. thinking
0: about it the whole time I'm like, What's this dominating game Jessie is playing? shes They're coming in here with this cherry pie. They say, hey, here's a cherry pie. I'm like, this isn't a podcast where we eat food on air and comment on it, you know.
1: Yeah, you were sketchy about my pie. I suddenly felt like I'd done the most socially inappropriate thing. Like, oh, you do not bring a cherry pie into a podcast. But I was in Coburg at this there's this old pie place. that has been around for 30 years and they do really good cherry pies. And I had one and it seemed wrong to just enjoy mine but then i did eat mine before i came in here so then i just had one pie for you
0: it's an old it's an old <laughs> pie store yeah. i want a new pie store i don't want them selling dusty old pies i ain't putting that in my gob
1: this is the problem with your generation because in my time we had dusty pies and it actually built character and it actually you know it kept us connected to the earth because the pies were made of earth, <laughs> you know.
0: I get it. Mm. Mother Nature's pie.
1: Mother Nature's pie. Yes.
0: This is Ross Purdy destroys comedy. Um, I am the host, Ross Purdy destroys comedy, and I'm joined here by uh, Jesse Nio.
1: The pauses there made me feel like I was supposed to join in, like, and this is Jesse Nio from my house in Box Hill. Hi.
0: Alright, well, well have to do it again now.
1: Oh, okay, okay,
0: okay. I'll Hi, play. I'm Ross Purdy destroys comedy.
1: And I'm Jesse Nio riding a horse into the studio and looking cool and everyone's clapping at me.
0: Okay, that's not what you said you were gonna say though. Oh shit. You said you were going you said you were gonna be in an apartment in Box Hill.
1: Oh yeah, that was a ploy. That was like a smoke bomb to divert you off the track so I could Get time to get the horse into the studio
0: Great, mm-hmm. wonderful And this is this is the podcast It was done on 119 episodes of this now Holy shit It's just too many
1: That's a, Do you listen to them? Do you have to edit them and listen?
0: I barely listen to them
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not even listening now <laughs> Those headphones are just playing a completely different track
0: Well I'm actually listening to Moby's play album
1: Oh yeah, no I've been listening since that came out
0: what was that, 1999?
1: Yeah, no, the whole time, every day, every night. It's my, um, I'm autistic, so that's my STEM. That's not a joke, by the way, I'm autistic. The bit about Moby is a joke. But the bit about autism isn't just so people don't think I'm doing the whole, <laughs> look at me, I'm funny because I'm different.
0: Hey, I do both.
1: Oh, good, 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 good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, so... So what do we talk about?
0: Well, on this show, here's what I usually, I don't know. How much have you listened to this show? You listened to two minutes?
1: I listened to two minutes minutes because I'm frantically putting together my first ever fringe solo show. That's a little plug. Um, So I listened to Fragments and I liked what I heard and I thought I should listen to more, but I have ADHD, so then I went and did something else. They will listen.
0: What episode was it? Who was on?
1: Uh, I listened to a bit with Saganda. uh, um, Because I saw her perform and she's freaking funny. And somebody else, a couple of people, just people I recognized. I was like, let's see how they sound. And they sounded relaxed and they didn't sound like you were coercing them into anything or Threatening them in any way, um, although I only listen to the start.
0: Well, you don't listen to start. I usually save the, the threatening, coercive stuff till the end. Oh, okay. And it's not even that threatening. It's not even coercive. Just, it's not even that bad.
1: Just a smidge, like a little bit, a little dusting of coercion?
0: I, I, look, here's what I do. I grab a knife. I hand you the knife and say, do what you please with it. Huh. And if what you please is to stab the nearest person behind you, can I be blamed for giving you the knife?
1: That feels more like it's putting you in danger than anything. Like, is that, is that really threatening to me?
0: Well, I never said it was going to be threatening or coercive to my guest.
1: Uh, okay, okay. No, I'm, I see. I see. Yeah, you did just say coercion. Have I been roped into some sort of... I mean, you are wearing a balaclava over your head and you're talking about me threatening you. I'm starting to feel like... So I've got a context. I have worked as a sex worker and I do kind of feel like you're a client right now, like a dude who's like just trying to rope me into some weird ass fetish where you wear a balaclava and I threaten you with a knife. And And
0: we record a podcast and we we talk about all this for... For comedy's sake
1: Yeah, yeah, that is a very specific fetish, but I would believe it And you have done a lot of episodes Like, that's, there's got to be a reason you're doing it with this many Do all the comedians know? Or, like, have you negotiated this with them?
0: <laughs> negotiated what, I'm going to give him a knife? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a metaphorical knife I feel like Anything can happen Anything can happen Anything has happened
1: Whoa. It has, hasn't it? And nothing. There was that burp that didn't happen. It
0: didn't happen at all.
1: That was amazing. This is this is actually the best time I've had right now in this moment.
0: Well, I hope so. Mm. No one talks to me after this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that is that because of the podcast, or is that just because we're all introverted comedians and we just don't talk? Because like right now, we're both in the same room. And we're mostly looking away from each other while we talk, and occasionally making eye contact. Oh.
0: I'm looking straight at you. Are
1: you? Oh god, that makes me feel so panicked. It's okay.
0: I, I, I don't know if you've listened to enough of this podcast <laughs> and know. I'm all about making the guest as comfortable as possible.
1: Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, I do feel comfortable because you brought up the knife. You dissed <laughs> my cherry pie. Those are. I
0: never dissed it. I never dissed it. I just said I don't want an old dusty. I want a new pie, and no one's ever come here with fooded before. And that's like a compliment.
1: Oh, okay, that's like an accusation against all other hundred. What was it? Hundred and nineteen guests. Okay. Well,
0: you're the hundred nineteenth episode. Okay. Some guests have repeated.
1: Hmm. And still no pie.
0: Not once has anyone brought in a pie.
1: That's. That's pretty, I mean, that reflects poorly on them, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I I got, someone brought in drinks once.
1: Okay. Is this actually why you guys don't talk? Because no one brings pie and it's just.
0: I did have Ben Russell on the very first episode and I was like, you're the Bubba Pizza guy. (laughs) And I was talking about how he was in those Bubba Pizza ads. Oh. And I think in the back of his head, he was like, Stop it, stop it, I want work I want work, stop dragging me into this Stop And now he went When I messaged him, I'm like, hey, come along to this thing Or hey, what's going on He's like, wait, talk to me
1: Oh shit Do you do, you do this with every guest? Like, have you dug into my dark history? Because I, I Bring it on if you have
0: Okay Were you on above a pizza, right? No
1: and that's my deepest shame, actually.
0: <laughs> what is Bubba Pizza?
1: It's a great pizza. It's got cheese. It's got um. It's got a fellow named Bubba. He's a cheeky little man. He's naked from the waist down, but he's confident because he's got a good pizza business.
0: <laughs> what kind of sick, depraved weirdo walks around with no pants on? I should feel ashamed of this. I've been decently exposing myself everywhere, but I got a good pizza business, so you got to live with it.
1: Well, I mean, this is perspective, isn't it? Because Baba pizza culture is different. It's it's a very little little niche of um, uh, pizza and no pants enthusiasts. Who you know, they just doing their thing, they're living their life, they're following their bliss, pizza and no pants, it's it's a thing, it's it's fresh, it's new, and I thought you liked new actually, so.
0: I like pizza. Okay. I do like wearing pants, though. Mm,
1: mm, mm, mm. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it is more of, like, if you've got a piping hot pizza, you kind of do want pants, even just as a protective mechanism.
0: Right, because what if I'm like, I put it on the couch And I accidentally sit on the pizza and the pizza goes up my bum hole.
1: Oh, no. And you're all like, oh, I've got margarita up my bum hole and I was going to go out. But now I have to stay home and (laughs) shit it all out for the next couple of hours. Well, feeling sad because I missed out on brunch with the gals.
0: I feel like this has happened (laughs) to you before. Um, Got real specific.
1: Yeah, look. uh, Okay, you know what? I'm not ashamed, actually. It has. And I I dealt with it. I got a couple of years of quite intensive therapeutic support and I am no longer ashamed. I'm no longer afraid. I got pizza up my bum hole. It was there and everyone was laughing and pointing and... My family disowned me and I got banned from the pizza shop but I'm okay now and I'm actually here to talk and spread my message awareness
0: That's why you agreed
1: That's why I agreed <clears throat> Yes I I wanted I wanted you to know actually that what happened to you is also okay
0: What do you think happened to me?
1: Uh, well You've got a thing about pies. It's the way you looked at it, I could just tell you know I could I could see that that little tremble you did. your eyes are welling up with tears right?
0: Why I'm worried about how much protein it has in it?
1: It's a cherry pie I don't think it has any protein. it's cherries and sugar and. Oh, what's that noise?
0: Well, let me tell you something. That's like a form of Chinese water torture I'm doing right now. Oh. But with audio. Oh,
1: cool. Okay. Sick.
0: And then it stopped.
1: That was that was quick. That was quick water torture.
0: Well, it <laughs> fools you with its its um quickness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was fooled with its quickness. You're right. I, I was I boy, I feel like an idiot actually. I should have known better, but it was quick and I was fooled.
0: See, I thought I was gonna get you on the show. We're gonna talk about the art. We're <sighs> gonna talk about like the performance. We're gonna talk about the comedy, the art.
1: Oh yeah. No, I, I, I had some I had some wanky conversations in my head. I was like, Yeah, I could say this or I could talk about this. So, you know, we we could we could go there. I, I probably have something in me that isn't just Whatever the fuck I've been doing for the last... How long is that? 14 minutes so far?
0: But trust me, we will will go on tangents.
1: Okay, good. No, that's my comfort zone.
0: So I tried signing up for this birthday loyalty club. But then I hear it's a group. Mm. It has nothing to do with, you know, getting like a a free food on your birthday.
1: Well, see, we're... You know, you know me and Pies, you know I'm old school. Mm. We are the type of club that's exclusive. There's four of us. Originally we even considered calling ourselves Friendship Loyalty Club. Ah.
0: Oh. I'm doing the I'm doing the four right now with my fingers.
1: Oh, is that four? That was good. Ah oh, people should be able to see this. Can you can you like
0: I'm recording this show, and <laughs> Stop! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everyone, quick, rush over! This is live, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're off in the mountains somewhere, and we're in like a caravan I've made into a podcast studio. Oh,
1: that'd be cool. That would be great. Uh yeah. Oh, so birthday loaded club. Yes. We are a comedy group. We are not very prolific because we. <laughs> we did a show very fucking long time ago now um sorry is swearing okay on your podcast i just kind of assumed but i shouldn't assume
0: all this stuff you've been talking about has been inappropriate the pies <gasps> oh yeah but okay. you know what keep going okay good. keep going <laughs>
1: um so yes we formed a long time ago we we've known each other half our lives like where's in locus? where my four end? years he's implying that i'm eight years old and that's humorous that's that's a comedy joke that's how you do it kids uh i'm sorry i
0: was being serious
1: (laughs) oh oh boy is it because i'm short
0: no i'm short Um, i'm short
1: i'm short mate
0: i'm five years old (laughs)
1: I'm fucking three, so fuck it up your eyes.
0: Okay, there I go. I got it wrong. I got it wrong. I thought you were eight. Okay. Mm.
1: Uh, I am actually, fuck, how old am I? I'm 30. I'm 38 soon. That's bullshit. That's fucked. That is actually fucked. I have done nothing with my life. Oh, except Birthday Loyalty Club that I'm really proud of. Yeah,
0: go on, go on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Uh, So I started it with Lucas and Wans, who I've known since I was 15. We were internet friends, nerding out. No, Lucas and I met because we met in a. <laughs> a okay, here we are. A Matrix fan message board called Alternate Reality, and it was ran by my friend Amy back in New Zealand, uh, in my hometown Rotorua, which it was called. Yeah, it was called Alternate Reality, and our posts were literally. Titles like drool and talking about our hot counter resource and how we wanted to have trench coats. <laughs> anyway, Lucas was there and he was talking about Weird Al Jankovic and me coming from a small town where, like, to get an idea of how isolated I was in my small town from any sort of outside world stuff, like my, my hometown actually has incredible... Māori culture and, and a lot going for it, but the outside world I wasn't so exposed to, and so I yeah, I had to order in to, to hear the Beatles' their white album. I had to order it in to a shop because that was like they didn't stock the Beatles, <laughs> the and we
0: all know why we're at, right? mm-hmm. and specifically why they didn't have the white album.
1: Oh, uh, why is that?
0: Inspire Charles Manson. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh boy. Has <laughs> the song Helter Skelter on it. Oh,
1: jeez, Louise. Inspire Charles know. Manson. I didn't bloody know. Oh, jeez, Louise. What have I done? What have I bloody done? Oh, shit. Oh, backtrack, Jesse No, I didn't order that album. It was actually a different one, but that's the only one right. I can ever remember the title of. That's actually true because it wasn't the white album, it was the one where they're crossing the pathway. But I do I did get the way. Live
0: from you? Abbey Road? Yeah. Or Abbey Road? Or oh. I recorded it at Abbey Road. Something like that. Who is Abbey Road?
1: Um, that's a big question. And I don't think you're ready for the answer.
0: Come on.
1: Oh, all right. You've, you've <laughs> you run me over. Well, Abbey Road goes back to uh 1949 when uh There was Abbey and a road. So there you go. Good, good history lesson. um
0: I learned so much.
1: <laughs> Birthday Lottery Club award-winning, winning, winning comedy. Award-winning comedy. Yes, good jokes. Good jokes. Listen to me. You can tell it's funny, can't you? <clears throat> um Is it? No, I'm not. See, okay. So the way we work. No, no the way we work. <laughs> The way we work. There's different types of funny, right? Like Lucas and Wiz.
0: Yeah, they're funny looking.
1: <laughs> Suck a dick, Lucas and Wiz. Go fuck yourselves. Uh they're they're like they're the comedy jokesters. They're the ones who can like write jokes. Like I don't, I don't really. I, we've often said this. Like the way we work well is because. We have this, we're different. Like they, they have said if they were doing comedy by themselves and when they were doing just comedy together, it was sort of skits and sketches and jokey jokes, which is great. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But I was like at art school doing like, you know, videos where I would paint Lucas up in a tutu and make him run around screaming And sort of inspired by, like, performance artists I like, like Matthew McCarthy. I mean, no, sorry, Paul McCarthy. I always say that wrong. Not Paul McCartney. Paul McCarthy. I think you dig him. He's got a really intense aesthetic and just kind of counter-cultural, uses pop culture but sort of twists it and uses it and makes it grotesque. Anyway, um, so I'm like the weirdo performance artist person who – Makes videos of herself naked in a shower Covering herself in cans of spaghetti And screaming spaghetti shower That is true I think that's
0: an Andy Warhol film
1: Uh, That's a Jesse Nye original, thank you very much
0: Was it Andy Warhol?
1: Spaghetti shower Yeah Did he do a spaghetti shower?
0: He did a spaghetti shower He filmed What was that famous uh, actress's name? Tiffy (laughs) Hendrix So she was in some weird stork, she was stork, or not stork, uh, tumultuous relationship with Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, she shit. went to Andy Warhol and said, you got to deal with this Alfred Hitchcock guy. Oh,
1: shit.
0: And so Andy says, mm-hmm. well, well, in the meanwhile, I've got an idea. Why don't you, you go in the shower and just I just pour spaghetti on you and you yell spaghetti shower. Are you
1: serious? Did that really happen?
0: See, now I feel like a bad person because I'm taking advantage of the fact
1: Okay, so you can't read
0: irony too well.
1: <laughs> well you're under a fucking Valenclava! And also, so remember I grew up in New Zealand. Not only with that, but I due to my undiagnosed autism, uh skipped a lot of school and didn't end up finishing school. So I was quite isolated from pop culture. We oh we were, I was also a standard kindergarten kid, so We didn't have television for many years, so people can just tell me things happened in pop culture and I have to believe them because I know nothing. Um, Oh, God. Yeah. So I'm that weirdo kid like I'm the weirdo. I'm the weirdo from the small town who came to Melbourne and went to art school and did weirdo shit. And Lucas and Wes, like Wes is from Bendigo and Lucas is from Bendigo too. And they met at high school and they were the funny ones, like the funny, smart ones. And then through our connection um we just what happened actually with our first show is coercion from me um Literally, because I wanted to make, a sh- I really wanted to do a comedy show. I didn't think I liked comedy till I came to Melbourne and went to Comedy Festival, specifically seeing Kristen Charles' show. The one, the famous one where she, her and Kurt Brownola did Kristen Schall as a horse, but he was apparently drunk. So he did it for way too long and he was like dripping with sweat and she, they were both dripping with sweat and getting exhausted and he just kept going. I don't know if you know the sketch. but I know the sketch. Yeah, he just kept going and going and they were both sweating and the audience was, like, getting exhausted and I was just sitting there in bliss, like, this is the best thing. I love comedy. Um, and then I started, like, nerding out and going to lots of comedy festival shows and, you know, seeing clowns I love, like Joshua Lab glorove and um, Lessons with Lewis and people who sort of just played mess things around a bit lots of amazing people um and yeah so I started going I want to I want to do comedy I want to do comedy but I I don't think I want to do it by myself because I kind of I really just wanted to like I was really interested in comedy in art because art takes itself too seriously a lot of the time in visual Mm. arts I'm like especially going to RMIT and very conceptual and dry and I just sort of had this desire to push against that and started, you know, thinking about the abject a lot more and grossness and and that. And I like comedy. It's the same reason I got into porn. I've worked a lot in porn over the years and just comedy and porn have a lot in common, I think, because they are both kind of considered trashy, like, you know, by highbrow, high status things like. Com- comedy has changed in that way. Like, comedy has become highbrow. But.
0: There isn't as much comedy anymore where there's like a pizza guy coming to the door.
1: Yeah, comedy's gotten a lot smarter, but. There- and there's
0: no like they're trying to pay off with sex instead of money.
1: <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see, I'm
0: sorry. That's I'm sorry. That's my whole comedic language. Yes. It's mangling pop culture and other stuff <laughs> and doing it dryly and ironically.
1: Well, see, my whole thing is very sincerely going deeper, diving into something I'm excited by and not noticing the jokes that are happening around me. So that's kind of what Lucas and Wes do as well. Like I I get very serious, I get very sincere and with Slap Monster, our show, I was like, I'm going to make a show about gender dynamics and colonialism and sexuality and and all control and blah, blah, blah. But. My art. I want to make up my art. Like I want to bring my paintings alive. Uh, so I, like, I made myself this onesie that was like a pink onesie with big fluffy boobs and a big, fluffy penis, and that was me. That was Slut Monster. Um, but Lucas and Wes, I was like, but you guys can write an actual story, so that there's there's this in that's like they they have this sort of ability to make things that are like, accessible and funny and palatable and. And don't just go, you know, off a cliff into weirdsville. But then I, I sort of, then I'll, you know, come to them, like when they're, when we're writing something, so I'd come to them and just be like, oh, that's too predictable. And you need to get weirder. And they'd have poor buses that have been writing all day. And I'm just like, no. Um, but anyway, so the coercion was that Wes didn't want to do the project with me. I think he rightfully anticipated what a right cunt would be to work with. We had to have a talk after our first season of Slime Monster, where they were like, "This dynamic has to change. You have to be nicer to us." <laughs> um,
0: oh, that's the goss gossip. You know, I wanted this pod. Uh, yeah, the no. teams talking, saying, "Hey, we got to change things up, man."
1: Yeah. Well, I'll dub the them. real,
0: the real grits.
1: I dove myself in on that one. They it was a good lesson actually and I've I really learned that about collaboration like everyone needs to know their strengths and where are their best realm is to be working and you sort of learn to respect that in each other like you can't dominate the whole thing you have to give people their space to bloom I see that mistake made a lot with artists where they're like oh, I'm the visionary and they don't if you're collaborating you need to be giving other people this chance to shine as well and to to have their artistic input and that will take you to places that might feel uncomfortable and challenging at times but that was that's really good like the reason where's lucas and i are so good together uh, and we went on to make a web series trying my best um which we was directed by uh nelson garda gardner who also directed slot monster um and that got us on board with our fourth member which is sian who is new and we've been Making things with her over the last couple of years, but lockdowns keep happening and we keep not getting to do them, like little bits for comedy nights and stuff. Um, but she's fucking hilarious and a talented animator and comedy nerd as well. Uh, I'm rambling. What am I saying? Oh yeah, so that
0: no, no, no. no. No, this is the Ramble Show. Oh, good. Okay. This is the Ramble Show. I told you before this wasn't going to be professional.
1: You did, but I have no short term memory. So it just goes in one ear and I acknowledge it. And by acknowledging it, I feel like I've done my job. And it, so I can just, it can just be gone from my brain after that. Sorry, who are you? So. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny joke about my memory.
0: So, yes. <clears throat> My name's Ross Purdy.
1: I'm Jesse Nio riding in on my horse again. It's clomping around and it's 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 doing okay. It's It feels a bit uncomfortable in the office, but that's just because it's a horse. It's out of its element. It should be in a field. She's pooping it... everywhere. Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't get a chance beforehand. Oh, you mean the horse. Um, yeah.
0: Everything's pooping everywhere. Everything's pooping. I know everyone poops, but, you know, Everyone poops in the toilet.
1: Oh, I thought the saying was everywhere poops and it meant you had to poop everywhere at all times. No. Oh.
0: Oh, shit. What are you, the poo jogger? The what? The poo jogger.
1: Poo joker?
0: Jogger. Jo-
1: What's a jugger? jogger?
0: Jogger. <laughs> a guy who went out jogging and just pooped. He, he This is a news story like oh, last year, a couple of years ago. So this is like 50-year-old <laughs> g- executive guy. He'll go out running, jogging in the mornings, huh. and he'll just go and poop on people's lawns. Oh. And one day someone's like, I'm so sick of this human turd being left on my lawn.
1: Oh. Yeah, no, that's fear. This
0: is real, by the way.
1: I don't think I'd appreciate that. Was he... Was it specific people? Like, was he trying to send a message or was he just... I think he just was like,
0: I hate society, man. I'm sick of having to be all buttoned up. I've got to poop on this lawn.
1: Huh. The, the, the term poo jogger evokes a certain thing, though, because as soon as you said that, I saw someone pooing while jogging. So I was a bit disappointed to hear he, you know, busts a squat and does it the like yeah, old-fashioned well, way.
0: Well, he wasn't committed enough.
1: Mm. That's the problem. That's something we know about in comedy, isn't it?
0: I only committed to this mask, like, last year.
1: Okay. I and like I, the mask. And
0: I've been only doing it... F- I've been doing comedy for nine years, but eight of those years, it was just my face.
1: Huh? Has that ch- has that changed the dynamic, the connection between you and the audience?
0: I think it's about the same. Okay. I think it's like, who the fuck is this guy? He's uh-huh. like a, such a weirdo. Like, what?
1: But it's kind of like... Also, who the fuck is he? Because they can't see your face. So the who the fuck has another layer, right? Well,
0: now there's layers, and that's what I convinced myself to think about. This is Artie. I'm talking about identity. Mm.
1: Hmm.
0: Performance is a lie.
1: Performance is a lie. And what do you... Well, so, okay, so this is... This is... I noticed that this, like... Bleh. I feel like there's different types of comedy people are drawn to right like for me the stuff i gravitate to is the stuff i really like stuff that's really raw in some way like it's really heartfelt or edgy or touches on taboo or just does the unexpected like you know there's these sort of books of like here's the comedy formula set up something punchline and if I feel that rhythm too much, like I can really admire that technique, but I get this yucky, uncomfortable feeling. My brain wants the joke that's they've taken, they've gone 10 steps away from the punchline off completely differently, but it somehow still makes sense, but it's completely bizarre. Like that's the kind of thing my brain likes. Um, what, what kind of thing does your brain like in comedy, Ross Purdy? Yes, I'm turning the interview around. Yeah, right?
0: you're not the first person to do that.
1: Oh, but I'm the best
0: Yeah, you brought a pie in here I did mm-hmm. So I do the whole ten steps away From what you would normally expect mm. But then people hate me for it
1: Do they? <laughs> why do why, Interesting do they, Why do they hate you? <laughs> Sorry, that's like <laughs> They
0: hate I make it too difficult for them Okay I speak in this. I speak in this like nowhere language. Hmm.
1: Nowhere language. That sounds really.
0: It's like edgy and taboo, but not without the heartfelt stuff. Huh. Huh. Oh, well, that was a, a sincere moment in my last show, but I don't think it's that good. Okay. I'm just like, is it that good? I'm like uh, people tell me it's good. I don't think it's
1: that good. You know, it's interesting because I'm thinking about. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, I don't know what in regards to, but like uh because I've been going through all my old notes of all the people I've studied with, like clown teachers and stuff like that. And I had this teacher, Giovanni, who was like Italian clown teacher, fucking amazing human, very fucking smart. And he used to talk a lot about the responsibility to the audience and like audiences can actually really love it if you you know push boundaries like people do come to art to see you push boundaries and you know fuck things up but well some audiences you know not all but there are audiences who do want that but he also talked about but they still need to fundamentally like feel safe or like not safe like not safe as in safe with the content necessarily people like to be challenged or some people in art but if you feel like I think like for me when I would get up on stage in the earlier days or do some of my weirder performance art stuff people would be like is that person in control of this chaos or are they actually just having like a breakdown on stage (laughs) um
0: yeah that happens a lot yeah. left in me. <laughs> I think this guy's legitimately crazy. No, it's a character I'm playing.
1: Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. There's, there's this balance, right? Where you have to, like, this balance of, like, controlled chaos that's enough. It's, like, threatening enough to be titillating, but not so much that people are just like, oh, am I actually in danger? Is this person going to actually throw something at my head or, like.
0: And not in my case, an orange.
1: An orange. Did you throw an audio uh, orange at someone?
0: <laughs> Jesse. What? Jesse, you clearly didn't listen to a part of the podcast where I brought up for the 18th time. I threw an orange Someone <laughs> someone's head. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is when I thought I was the Gigi Allen. I, I don't think that anymore. I don't know who that is. I'm
1: sorry. He, oh,
0: he's a punk rocker who was known for. Oh. Weirdly enough, he was known for taking shits on stage.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. And
0: throwing it at the audience and smearing it on himself.
1: Oh. Huh. I guess... I guess that's... Punk? I mean... Heh. <laughs> I, I could give that a go if that'll... If I if I do that at my friend's show, does it make me punk?
0: You definitely. Great.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> Sorted. Well, thanks for workshopping my new show with me. Yeah, I... I, I wouldn't like having things thrown at me it from an audience <laughs> perspective.
0: <laughs> well, that's why they put me on the brown list.
1: The brown list? What's the brown the list? The
0: Comedy Fest put me on the brown list.
1: Oh, I haven't heard of the brown list.
0: Well, it might not exist, but it's an in-joke on this show.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, brown list. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, you know they'll take my money, hmm. but they just won't give me any opportunities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I'm off the list now, I think.
1: Okay. He hasn't thrown an orange at anyone lately. Maybe we can.
0: It was pre-Trump times. (laughs) They didn't know how bad it was going to get.
1: Pre-Trump times. Yes, I can see the the correlation between orange throwing and Trump. Because he was orange and he was throwing.
0: He was like a small, round man.
1: He was a small, round man. Was. I assume he still is. He's a
0: small. He's like the annoying orange. Do you know the annoying orange?
1: The annoying. <laughs> Sorry. What is the annoying orange? Are you talking about a mandarin or a lemon?
0: No, it's a YouTube series. Oh, Where it's, it's, oh is it's, that it's, that, it's, that
1: gross face yeah,
0: shit? Yeah, face on an orange and it's, it's super annoying and it's like, hey, banana. Hey, That's the bit
1: I just realised though, do you know with the balaclava you do kind of re- resemble it a little bit? I get that Yeah, okay, okay, I'm not the first to say this either Nah I have nothing original <laughs> This is actually really taking a toll on my on my self-esteem the, the pie bit I normally do, that normally gets people applauding and saying Wow, you're great, the, the funny riveting things I say This is This is hard No, but it's good, actually. They say a breakdown can also be a breakthrough, so.
0: Really? I've had many breakdowns. (laughs) I don't know how many breakthroughs I've had.
1: (laughs) Yeah, same. I've had a couple of breakthroughs. Some of my – I've gotten better at, like, But I think that idea of the breakdown as a breakthrough has become useful for me because when I have a breakdown, I'm like, okay, why have I had a breakdown this time? What do I need to learn? What's the lesson here? What have I overcommitted to? What has triggered me? What is, what is, what's fucking going on this time? And by actually, instead of just being like, oh, I keep having all these breakdowns, being like, let's do some care and support for ourselves. It's gotten better so far. I mean, I say that, but. Maybe it's just because we're not in lockdown anymore.
0: (laughs) You know who had a tough time in lockdown? Who? Bo Burnham.
1: He did, didn't he? (coughs) He (coughs) made a whole
0: Netflix special about him. Everyone praised him.
1: I heard he was inside a lot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He was like, yeah, genius. It made me cry. It didn't make me laugh, but it made me cry.
1: I I did actually really love it. I I cried. I was a little bit jealous because, you know, you see something and you just like, I should have done something like that during lockdown, but I didn't. I did do a lot of TikToks while I was intoxicated.
0: That's how they get you. That's how- TikTok, intoxicated.
1: Whoa. It's
0: a Chinese government conspiracy.
1: <laughs> you have opened my eyes. I, I'm i pretty sure I'm shadow banned on TikTok because I for a little while, I'd get all these views on my videos of all these kids being like, what is this middle-aged woman doing here? What a fucking weirdo. Like they were, you know how kids, like teenagers do that thing where they're like, oh my God, so random. Oh my God. And then they'd tag their friends. And I found it so funny because they were just so like, I was so uncool because I was intoxicated and being a total weirdo. Um, but then I just stopped getting views because I think I got a little bit too weird. <laughs> Few of my videos got deleted, so yeah.
0: What do you got to do to get TikTok to delete your videos?
1: Um, what did I do? I think I showed a little bit too much skin. Like I wasn't naked or anything, but
0: yeah, like the organs, right? Yeah, like got... a kidney.
1: Yeah, I showed I showed my <sighs> kidney skin. I showed my um my you know, the, the long sausage organs, what are they called? Intestines. Intestine skin. I showed just a cheeky little smidge of my liver skin um, and that was probably what tipped them over the edge actually because that was, you know, it's liver skin. Keep that to yourself, you filthy whore.
0: Yeah, when I see a person's liver, I feel like I respect them less.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's
0: exactly what I want, but now that you're giving me it, I hate it.
1: Yeah, why have the whole organ when you can have the liver skin for free?
0: Right. This is a great commentary we're doing right now.
1: Yeah, it's really reflective of society and it, it's going to make people think.
0: You see, that's what I do. That's what I do. That's what I do, Jesse. I come in, I map the grotesque onto this thing, and people are like, "I'm confused. What are you saying? What are you talking about?"
1: Yeah, that's how I feel, actually. (laughs) That's that's exactly you've achieved your goal. Whoa, that's actually like that is success, isn't it? Like, I mean, in in regards to your show, like, is your goal to make people hate you? No. Oh, <laughs> then then I can't. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no. Why would you?
0: <laughs> it's just collateral damage.
1: Collateral damage. Yeah.
0: Because people like they either have a strong love or a strong hate.
1: Hmm. What? So how do you? So okay, I'm I'm very excited by this conversation because I after we did Slap Monster, right? We were lucky. It was actually we got we had really great support. I and mean, it was really successful. Like it was considered successful. And that instead that should have been great. Right. I should have been like, yeah, I'm the best. I freaked the hell out. Didn't do a show. I haven't like, I've hardly performed since over the last couple of years, I've been doing clown school and training and butto and stuff to just upskill and being on stage and in front of people without just closing up and worrying that everyone would hate me. Like, uh, getting used to the idea that people people will just hate me. Like, people hate you, spe- when, especially when you lean into who you are. People are going to – that's going to be polarizing, right? Um, how do you – like, but I, I'm just so, – I'm, sca- I'm scared. I'm scared of being hated. How do you deal with it?
0: Let me tell you, it don't get easy. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> great.
0: It don't get easier, kid.
1: Oh, hence all the breakdowns. All the breakdowns. Mm. All the
0: breakthroughs look. Do I want people to love me? Yes, but I want them to love me my way, not because I went up on stage without a pink pala glaver and said, I look like a LARPA. <laughs> Don't I look like a LARPA? Look at me with my glasses. I was like a LARPA. I do LARPA, I do medieval stuff.
1: <laughs> do they do your audience know what a LARPA is? Like, do is that in common vernacular? I
0: think it's common enough.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean I know what it is, but I'm a nerd. But with my chair, by the way. I'm wearing these big hiking boots and then just squeal against the chair. Yeah, that
0: chair just dripped a big queef.
1: It, oh, it dripped. Oh, I don't like the idea of dripping a sound. Okay, <laughs> I so said like, ripped. Where's For from, sure. Where's from our comedy group, right? He comes up with the most disgusting lines. Actually, can I can I read a bit? Can is that a is that appropriate? Can I read some of his worst lines go ahead okay great this is this is good content this is worth me shuffling around for can you do some filler while I shuffle like can you do do like a do a bit like improvise a little I never
0: improved in my life oh
1: shit okay okay well maybe um do one of your pre-planned do your pre-planned bit about that you know that skit you always do about the man who he's afraid of bees um Everywhere he goes, he's just really scared.
0: I saw the wicker man. He was afraid of bees. What you know? I don't want to, you know, be putting some wicker costume. You know, is get bees everywhere. I don't want to walk around. It's like bees. You know,
1: this is great. Beard
0: of bees. I don't want a beard of bees. I don't want. I don't want a ponytail of bees. I
1: don't want bees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Thank yeah, you. Over that over. was great filler. Um, I found the Wes Gardner quote. So I've, I, <clears throat> Wes has this way of just part of the slut Monster was sort of accoladed for being, what was it called? Gross out porn of the highest regard we got called. Um, and Wes has this way of just saying the most disgusting things, but in the most creative way. And he just throws them out into the air as one line is he's just It's, you know, people have their skills, people have their calling and Wes's calling is to be disgusting. And a couple of years ago, I started trying to remind myself to write them down. I don't always remember, but I have written down some of my favorites. So I'm going to read them to you because, because they're great. This is quality content. This is some, this is some, this is some content metal.
0: This is great. Just do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Preamble. All right. Wes Gardner quotes. I'm gonna have me some porridge, and I'm gonna skull fuck anyone who tried to stop me. So that's stunning. That's just you know getting me going. <laughs> I'm gonna lay an orgasm sausage out of my bum.
0: <laughs> okay, sure.
1: These these like the, he'll just be like you know this is this isn't stuff he says for an audience. This is just shit he says around the house. <clears throat> Sneaking out a fart when you need to shit is like trying to whistle with a mouthful of chocolate.
0: Yeah, I feel that.
1: Yeah, that's a favorite of mine. I guess that's relatable. <laughs> yeah, it is relatable. Yeah, that's, see, relatable content. He does good relatable content. <clears throat> I'm on a bit of a peace and mindfulness warpath today.
0: Oh, that's a good juxtaposition.
1: Isn't it nice? It just, that's delicious. Like war and... Yeah, peace, fine, mindfulness, mindfulness mindfulness warpaths. Very clever, very funny. <clears throat> oh, this is, he said this one evening when he was really tired. I'm looking forward to a bovril and an enema. Because who doesn't? Mm. Uh, oh, here's a song he was singing. With the greatest of ease and a squirt of Febreze, I cover up the stench of my genital cheese. It's like a jingle. Yeah, it's like a jingle. Um. Oh, he's not gonna want me to share this on his shirt anyway. He's gotta
0: do it even more if he doesn't want. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, character idea. Tween Liquefa. Mm. I've got a lot of BDE. Big dick envy. Oh, this one this one's one of my favorites. <clears throat> I'm I think I'm going to start referring to my dick as my stinky, blinky, slinky.
0: Hmm. His dicks are slinky
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look Don't judge him You know like Pigs have corkscrew dicks Ducks have corkscrew dicks There's
0: a farm animal So where's a farm animal?
1: What have you got against farm animals? Can't fuck them so Tell that to farmers mate <laughs> Oh um, now that's the
0: edgy heartfeltness We've been expecting <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Oh, okay There's only three more I'm sorry, I'm subjecting you to these But I'm going to keep going huh. Why don't you slide me over Some of that room temperature puss, babe That's disgusting, Wiz You're a male chauvinist
0: Room temperature puss
1: <laughs> you slide it over
0: <laughs> <laughs> The mechanics of sliding over yeah a room temperature puss
1: yeah yeah it's it's a it's a it's a little bit of a absurdist comedy isn't it uh oh i like this one this egg was laid fresh today i basically sucked it out of the chicken's cunt <laughs> okay
0: this is a fresh egg like i sucked it out of the sh- fresh out of a chicken's cunt
1: That's exactly how he sounds. Like a Scottish man. Like
0: like Mike Myers is bad Scottish.
1: I was hearing it as a Scottish man with a lisp.
0: I got a lisp.
1: A Scottish nerd.
0: Chicken. I'm. Con. Con. I can't do Scottish. Chicken. (laughs) Con.
1: No. Con. Oh, I. I'm going to have some. Con for breakfast. Today whee, 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 whee. That's the sound of bagpipes Uh this is where's his final quote. <coughs> and so <coughs>
0: those <coughs> were <coughs> all the 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 final, <coughs> final, quote, final <coughs> quote, final quote, final quote, final quote final quote final
1: quote final <coughs> quote <coughs> Once you've used a shuttlecock you can never go back to regular toilet paper. I'm so sorry, Wes.
0: And that was David Lenneman's top ten things <laughs> Wes has ever said.
1: Yeah, that's Obama's favourite <laughs> list of things Wes has said about shit genitals and shit and genitals pretty much. There's two favorite favourite things to just throw away as lines in private, but nothing's private with me.
0: Nothing. I once wrote, "Shave the beard off your face and let Mother Nature quiff on your cheeks."
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Shave the beard. My shows are full of that stuff.
1: <laughs> Shave the beard off your face. Oh, that's that's actually kind of beautiful. Yeah, I'm just sitting with that one, like I'm letting myself feel that, and it's, it's, it's sort of slimy, but it's also. Grounding. Thank you.
0: Steve Benner from Chortle said, nonsensical wordplay, uh, shouty brain dump, one star.
1: (laughs) Ooh. Ooh, okay. That
0: was the award nominated show.
1: Huh. (laughs) Huh. Interesting. I I can't comment because I didn't see the show. Um, But I like that line. So, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: I look, I look around and I go, oh, yuck. It's me.
1: Oh. Right, oh yes, I see what we're doing.
0: It's the plug section it of the is... show, we're getting near the end.
1: Oh great, oh good, because I was just starting to run out of the fuel that Pi gave me. Um, yes, I am doing a show, it's called Oh Yuck, It's Me. It is for the Melbourne Fringe Festival from the 10th until the 16th of October at the Butterfly Club at 830 Uh It is a show that is about fun subjects of emotional abuse, suicidal ideation, and climate grief, but it's hosted by my clown, Lulu Mont St. Clair, and there are some jokes, there is some dancing, there is some very neat tricks that are really going to blow your mind. Um, It's a complete experiment. It's kind of trying to bridge. It's first of all, just trying to overcome my profound fear of being seen that has kept me away from the stage for a long time. And also trying to tell some stuff, I, a, a story about a message I sincerely care about, but not be didactic about it. Um and also just utilizing all the training I've done in clowning and all the things I've done the last couple of years, trying to sort of mash it together and make a show that hopefully is is Get it out. Doesn't get me doesn't and, didn't mean everybody hates me and Kicks me out of out of the cool club and doesn't let me into any of the cool places and nobody wants to talk to me anymore because they saw me show and they thought, oh jeez, is that all she's got? Jesse, huh?
0: you're worried about being kicked out of the cool club. I'm not even in the cool club.
1: Can be in that like isn't it all like if you're in the fringe, I feel like if you're in the fringe festival, you are in the outsider group, right? Like, uh, the like, and to me that's cool. But I, I know that the kids on TikTok don't think I'm cool. I think I'm cool, kids. I think it's great that I do my own thing and you know, rock out to what I like to rock out to. But if you children think different, that's okay as well. Uh, but I just happen to like what I do and who I am. Uh, come see my show. This is—I'm I'm so much better in person because I don't talk the whole time. That's the thing.
0: <laughs> oh, all I do is talk. Really? I'm not a physical performer. I'm terrible. Every time I try and do a clown workshop, I'm like, this is frustrating.
1: Oh, clown! I hate—I hate it. Clown is frustrating. It's so hard. It's the hardest thing. I reckon most of the time I suck at clown. Come see my show. Uh, it's hard. That's why I like clown because it forces you to, people can read authenticity with clown. They can read when you're trying to be funny and to, to do clown well, you have to stop trying to be funny and start trying to do things sincerely. And then when you're trying to do things sincerely, that's when it's funny because, because the clown is trying really hard, but they suck. <laughs> like, and, and that's the difference. Like, cause you know, it, but it's hard. We always want to be, like, do, doing a joke and being funny and entertaining people, but clowns are kind of, it's weird. Like, you do want that as well, but you have to get at it sideways by being really sincere.
0: All I know is, is <sighs> I'm barely a performer.
1: Huh. What is-
0: If you want to see comedy from a guy, hold on. I just took my mask off,
1: and he has a beard. If and a you face.
0: if you want to see comedy from a guy that's clearly he watched too many cartoons growing up, too much Adult Swim, to be honest. Mm. It's influenced too much of his comedy. Mm. See my show, hey, hey, it's doomsday
1: Oh yeah, because that's like. I, I must admit I've watched Too Many Cooks so many times. Is that is that one of the ones you're into? Like Too Many Cooks that video?
0: Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> it's disturbing. <laughs> People find it disturbing.
1: Oh, I love Too Many Cooks. That's like my favourite thing. That's 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 like peak for me. That's that's that's, that's a sweet spot. That's the good spot. Too many cooks, too many cooks, too. Many cooks. Oh, it's fucking good.
0: Yes, what have we learned?
1: Um, oh, learned lessons. We learned um, that <sighs> we learned that sometimes breakdowns are just breakdowns. We learned that a lot of people hate you when you make art. We learned. Uh, That if you bring someone a cherry pie as an act of kindness and generosity, they're going to throw it in your face.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: We have learned that (sighs) this fucking pie is still sitting here and you haven't even... Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it.
0: I wasn't going to eat a pie. This
1: podcast is over, actually.
0: I wasn't going to eat a pie live on air. This isn't one of those podcasts where we eat food and I comment on the food. It's a funny, ironic, ha ha, alt comedy right. interview show. Oh,
1: I thought this was like a ASMR mukbang where we ate a cherry pie and whispered about how good it is. Look at this. <sniffs> Cherries, sugar, pastry. <laughs>